With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. It's Monday. It's October 1st. And the word of the day is philosophunculist, which means one who pretends to know more than they actually do to impress others. Used in a sentence, unlike ultra-crepidarian sesquipedalians who do words of the day on podcasts and act like that's their normal vocabulary to look smart, I did not have to look up philosophunculist. I already knew it. And and I realized that it was spelled without an F-U-N-K way before I looked at the notes. Hey, hey, you <laughs> you know a synonym for philosophunculist? Grandiloquent. I'm no illusions. <laughs> I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, White House staff put Rod Rosenstein in a box with a Geiger counter, a radioactive substance, and a flask of hydrocyanic acid. The U.S. Senate is all about the advice, but not so much the consent. <laughs> right? And Trump will kill it at the surprise self-roast he totally meant to do. But first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat, No Illusions. Sadly, we don't have Eli today because he's at Disney World having a romantic trip with his wife. It's not appropriate for Heath to be part of blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so uh, Noah, uh, what'd you do with your time instead of translating Eli's papyrus scroll of continuous letters into readable notes? <laughs> well, so my wife's sister took her on a Caribbean cruise for her birthday this weekend. So nice. I had the whole house to myself this weekend. Cool. and I. Told my cats what a fuck tarred Lindsey Graham was. It was a rough weekend, man. It was rough. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, just one other thing before we start. Uh, I'd like to announce something very important. The other day, a 12-year-old wrote a tweet that made fun of Eli. Therefore, that child is a Nazi. Also, we need to shut down the internet and cancel the First Amendment. Um, okay. There you all. go. Well, he, he wasn't here to say it. It's good that it got said. Mm. In our lead story tonight... We've officially descended to the point where we celebrate the bipartisanship of the single Republican senator who's willing to allow the FBI to look into credible sexual assault allegations against the Supreme Court nominee as long as they promise only to look into it a little. Kind of a little, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. So, you, you know, Ugh. let's not expand the scope to just any old woman he might have sexually assaulted. Let's, let's not take our time with it or anything. But, you know, just, just the tip line just to see how it feels. So, uh, feel good about it. That's right. Assault victims, you're, you're welcome from <laughs> the Senate. Uh, yeah, okay. So let's rewind to Thursday when my wife departed for the Bahamas and left me to watch the Senate put a woman on trial for the audacity of having been sexually assaulted by such a stellar guy alone. Now, the hearing was divided into two parts in terms of both witness and temperament. First, we heard from Kavanaugh's accuser, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, who could not have been cast by Hollywood to be more sympathetic, competent, equable, forthright, genuine, and accommodating. Exactly the kind of person you'd like to see, I don't know, on the Supreme Court <laughs> yeah. in terms of temperament. Right. 
Uh, maybe. I mean, that all sounds like great stuff you just mentioned, but I didn't hear anything about her JV basketball work ethic, and that's <laughs> what's important. <laughs> and as we all know, nobody works harder than a basketball player for the Yale JV basketball team. Right, yeah, didn't even try hard enough to make Vars. And then, okay, yeah, then we get Kavanaugh. Right after Christine Blasey Ford's so calm and collected and sympathetic, this asshole crashes through the wall like Kool-Aid, man. Goes on at least, you know, hits a seven <laughs> on the Alex Jones scale to ten during his opening argument. He calls the allegations against him a farce, a Democratic conspiracy, revenge by the Clintons. Then he weeps uncontrollably about the reputation of his childhood calendars being dragged through the muck in the national media. Huffs and puffs like he's trying to intimidate the most industrious of the little pigs. Gets belligerent with by my count, every one of the female senators who asks him a question, exactly yeah. the kind of person that we are actually going to fucking see on the Supreme Court, apparently. <sighs> okay, just real quick, circling back, this calendar needs to be addressed further. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Right! He brought a calendar from the summer of 1982, and he was like, see, on the day in question, it says... Drink beers, don't rape anyone. QED. Yeah. How? What are you fucking? Ki how did nobody dwell on that longer? Just like, hey man, who the fuck keeps a not raping calendar? <laughs> you know what I do all the fucking time without a calendar? That don't rape people. Don't need a calendar. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here's my to do checklist from that day as well. Beers check. Not raping check. Proven. Yeah. Right, right. All right. And, and what I love most about this testimony is that he was in such a bullshit position because he had to argue for less information. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like that's his position. He wants there to be less information for the senators to work with when they decide whether to confirm. Him. So the Democrats keep saying, hey, man, you judge for a living. Would you, as a judge, prefer to make a decision based on more information or less information? And he's in a box no matter which he goes with. So he's constantly going, I will do anything to clear my name. And they go, how about call for an investigation from the only governmental body the American people still trust not to be partisan? And he goes, no habla inglés over and over again. Just say, will you call for an FBI investigation? Just yes or no. Will you call for an FBI investigation? <laughs> uh, are you a grown-up who's also a Supreme Court nominee playing the repeat game at this Senate hearing with me, a senator? Are you a grown-up who's also a senator playing the repeat game with me? Who's You switched it back. Yours was long. Yeah, right? Now, one of the most amazing things about this hearing, uh, to me anyway, was the way that Republicans chose to conduct it. Because apparently they somehow found that sliver of cultural awareness that's past a bunch of old white guys grilling a woman for coming forward with a rape accusation would look bad, but not yet as far as so would hiring a lady to do that for you, right? They hit that Goldilocks zone, apparently. So they brought in an experienced sex crimes prosecutor to talk to just the victim, right? Now, let's be sure, perfectly clear here. Originally, the plan was to have her conduct the GOP side of the hearing for both Ford and Kavanaugh, but apparently Lindsey Graham realized only once it started happening that bringing in a professional sex crimes prosecutor to talk to your guy in public might not have been the wise thing to do. <laughs> so they pulled the plug on that. They sent her packing, and then they spent their entire time apologizing to the accused rapist because their position was so goddamn indefensible 
that was the option that made them look the least bad at that point. Yeah. Just going to repeat that one more time. Having Lindsey Graham scream like a fucking plantation owner who just lost to a slave at Scrabble. (laughs) That was their better option. Yes. Yes. Of course, the committee had scheduled a vote for the next morning since, you know, what were the odds that listening to a woman recount a deep-rooted, life-altering, traumatic experience was going to change anybody's mind? But in a move that could only be surprising because we'd all given the fuck up, retiring Senator Jeff Flake invoked his selective backbone at the last minute and forced the GOP to cave to Democratic demands that we at least take this as seriously as the Anita Hill thing. Right. I mean, let's keep in mind, that's literally what the Democrats were demanding. They, they were saying, hey, let's at least not do considerably worse than we did that time that we're all still nationally ashamed of. So as of now, the FBI will be allowed to investigate some of the charges against Brett Kavanaugh as long as they promise not to be super thorough. Also, shouldn't it have been a, a defense lawyer? That but, they got? Well, if they only were going to have him talk to the victim, yes. But also you, to talk to Kavanaugh, you would probably want. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, also, what was the tiny little table they gave her? It looks so silly. <laughs> Why not give her a spot like off to the side? Just not not at a tiny little table in front of them. That just looked ridiculous. <laughs> not that it could have been less. Not that it would have been yeah, less. The, the, yeah, the, the, I, yeah I was going to say, like, one way or the other, the optics were going to be bad for them, but they certainly didn't make them better by their choices, no. Alright, well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Hey, hon, y'all packed for the trip to England? Uh, I think so. You got your phone chargers? Yep. Your headphones? Yep. Life insurance? What? Look, Nella. I've traveled around the world with you, and I know how you get at airport security. You're not getting any younger, and you get irate for a living. With that ticker, we're not going anywhere until you get life insurance. But I don't want to contemplate my inevitable demise. Oh, suck it up, buttercup. You're an atheist. Look, life insurance is really important, but one-third of people don't have it. That's because it's really hard to buy. You have to work out what you need, then do the research to find the best quote, and hope you don't get swindled along the way. Exactly. That's not a good way to shop for anything. And that's why Policy Genius made the whole process a lot simpler. Okay, no, that's true. Policy Genius compares quotes from top life insurance companies to find the best policy for you. And it takes just two minutes to get a quote. I guess I'd have time to do that 136 times while we're waiting to be groped by the TSA. <laughs> and Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They also compare disability insurance, home insurance, and auto insurance. If you care about it, they can cover it. Wow. Disability, home, and auto. Exactly how mad do you expect me to get at airport security? Oh, please, like you've never contemplated driving through. I've, I've reenacted it on GTA. Yeah. So whether you know a lot about life insurance or nothing at all, start your search at policygenius.com. In just two minutes, you can compare quotes and make an informed decision for you and your loved ones. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare quotes and buy life insurance. If your wife makes you do that. And we're back in flaccid election news. Donald Trump announced last week that he's outraged about how the world's largest country has been interfering in our elections. (gasps) At which point everyone listening was mentally paralyzed for a second. 
and all started asking, wait, did somebody reformat his hard drive? Can, <laughs> can we do that? Can we do that again if we need to? Can we keep reformatting his hard drive? Because that's helpful. But then Trump made it clear that he was talking about China, the largest <laughs> country in population, and how they've yes. been interfering in our upcoming midterm elections. And I guess he called, no more doing that, you know, from now on at the end of 2016. So well, that's a problem. For, for, for China, you know, let's, let's not get carried <laughs> away here. <laughs> yeah. So Trump accused China of trying to make him look bad by placing large tariffs on American products. Well, <laughs> can't imagine where they got that idea. Yeah, no shit. And apparently a lot of the tariffs are being placed on products made in the home states of major Republican leaders. Good play. So I guess it's not so much a nefarious campaign of misinformation and propaganda aimed at swaying public opinion with lies about, you know, pedophile dungeons. It's more of a continuing to participate in the world economy just like everyone else type situation well right and right now basic economics has an anti-trump bias again can't imagine why yeah that fucking china's secret plan is his economic policy this is olympic level not getting it right this is defending brett kavanaugh for attempted rape allegations (sighs) by proving that sometimes stephen breyer can't get it up either (laughs) look look medium soft exactly the attempted the attempted was not the problem here, uh, Trump. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just for the record, it's uh, kind of silly to single out China here. I mean, if defensive responses to a trade war count as interfering in our election, then Mueller needs to subpoena, you know, Canada, Mexico, <laughs> the entire European Union. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, also, all of Scandinavia for being way happier and healthier than us and making the anti-socialism party look bad. And for, that. yeah, and for not sending two hot Norwegians for every one person we bring in from a shithole country. That <laughs> hurts, too. Yeah. And while we're talking about not making us look bad, maybe subpoena Trump's face, too. So, <laughs> I don't know. Well, if we're being technical, Donald Trump is interfering with the midterm elections by being stupid and starting ill-advised trade wars because he thinks trade surplus is a synonym for printing money, which is a synonym for profit because he's fucking stupid. (laughs) And with more on international interference in the midterms, we turn to our roving reporter, Lucinda Lusions. Lucinda, how are things looking on Capitol Hill? Misogynistic, Noah. Fair enough. So are, are we seeing Congress take any action on Trump's claims of Chinese election interference? Noah, that's just a perfectly legal, known thing that Trump is pretending would be criminal. It's just a pipe dream that came directly from his ass. Right, right. So are we seeing Congress take any action on it? Oh, you bet. They've actually formed three committees. Two to look into African and American countries, a second to look into Asian and European countries, but not countries that are both. Of course. And a third to find out what Hillary knows about all this. I see. I see. And and what is Congress doing so far? Well, Chris Kobach sent a letter to China demanding information on all their non-white voters. Uh, Okay, so Chris Kobach is leading one of those committees? Uh, No, he's just doing that to all the countries alphabetically. I shouldn't be surprised by that. No, he's on C. Right. No, of course. Yeah. So uh, are the committees themselves doing anything? No, sure. They're spending millions of dollars and they've subpoenaed four witnesses already. Well, they subpoenaed 
Hillary Clinton four times anyway. Okay, yeah. But but yeah, they're sparing no expense on this. Really? Sure. It balances out the Russian thing. Imaginary response to a real threat has to be balanced out with a real response to an imaginary threat. Otherwise, the columns don't add up at the end of the year, you know. We're fucking doomed, aren't we? Well, we can still hold out hope that China will invade before Russia succeeds in turning us all the way into a puppet state. Yeah, at least at least the Chinese aren't Christian. Mm. Ah, thank you, Lucinda. And on that terrifying note, we'll take a quick break for one more word from our sponsor. Hey, Heath, you know what's not smart? Uh, screaming invective into the wind while your country burns down around you, and you try to drink away the overwhelming impotence you feel when, when you contemplate your relative inability to do anything of substance to stem the tide of corruption and willful ignorance? Is, is that something that I was smart? I was going to say job sites that send you tons of the wrong resumes to sort through, but, but yours is good, too. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know what else isn't smart? Is it horribly depressing and introspective? Yes. Oh, okay, then can we just cut to the part where I ask you, you know what is smart? Uh, Andrew said I'm not allowed to recommend that on the air. He yelled oh. at Eli and me. It was scary. He yelled. No, he no, yelled. not not Andrew. that. I, w- I was thinking about going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Skeptocrat to hire the right person. Oh, yeah. No, that, that too is, is yeah. smart. Yeah, so... ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies the people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. But uh, ZipRecruiter doesn't really have the people with the special set of skills that I need. Yeah, yeah, no, but they have all the other stuff. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Skeptocrat. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Skeptocrat. ZipRecruiter.com slash Skeptocrat? ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And we're re-back next up in headlines in a twisty and attorney road news tonight. Rod <laughs> Rosenstein. Thank you. Thank you. I was quite proud of that. Uh, it's better if you read it rather than you hear it. But trust me, it looks really good on the page. Uh, Rod Rosenstein existed in a weird occupational super state on Monday after a report from Axios claimed that he'd resigned his position as the deputy attorney general, which was followed by conflicting reports that he hadn't resigned, but he'd been fired, that he hadn't been fired, but he was about to be that he hadn't resigned but he was willing to be that he hadn't resigned himself to being fired and that he's fine with just any old pronunciation of his last name stein Steen doesn't it doesn't matter yeah that all sounds about right especially considering the flow of information in the trump administration happens like eight-year-olds at recess Talking about right. Kelly Ann had said that Sarah had said that Donald <laughs> right. had said no. that wait, exactly hired <sighs> a Jew. <laughs> really? Of course, this all stems from a New York Times piece that uh, broke last Friday that claimed Rosenstein had talked about wearing a wire when he spoke to Donald Trump and had openly discussed invoking the 25th Amendment in an effort to remove him from power. Now. Rosenstein has nibbled around the edges of denying that story, but he doesn't directly refute anything. And look, perspective here. 
If any other deputy AG had talked about this, it would have been pretty bad, except maybe if it was Nixon's. (laughs) We're talking about a guy who knows all the shit that Mueller knows, though. Right. We're talking about a guy who just watched the president fire an FBI director for, in the president's own words, investigating his ties to Russia. Why the fuck wouldn't he suggest treating the target of one of the biggest treason investigations in this country's history like the target of a criminal investigation? (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of his job. Like, what would you say you do here? Oh, you would you would try to, you know, get to the bottom of this criminal investigation. And that would be the target. Yeah. And prove it. Yes. But, uh, you know, to be fair, I don't think there's anyone ever who's interacted with Donald Trump and doesn't wish they'd been wearing a wire. Right. Yes. Uh, except for maybe Donald Trump, who accidentally ran a sting on himself and caught himself on tape. Well, right. to sexual <laughs> Not that there were any consequences to that whatsoever. No. He was no. soon after elected president right after that tape Not came out anyway at all. Now, oh, God, I'm so depressed. This is such a depressing show to do. Now, okay, so we were told later on Monday that nothing had happened and and Rosenstein would meet with Trump on Thursday, but then on Thursday they told us next week. So I guess this wave function still hasn't collapsed, but, but I think it's worth stepping back and gaining some perspective here. The White House is such a fucking mess that when Axio said Rod Rosenstein had resigned, it took them hours to figure out if that was true. The people who would fire him spent hours trying to figure out if that was true. And that kind of dysfunction is so ubiquitous now that the media doesn't even notice. (laughs) And for more on this story, I believe we actually have some exclusive audio from the press conference where they cleared that all up. Oh, good. Miss Sanders, Miss Sanders. Yes, uh, rail thin man with the eye protectors. Are, Are the rumors true that Rod Rosenstein has been fired? Uh, if you mean out of a cannon, then no. Uh, next question. You, a person with baggy skin over gamey meat. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry, can I have a follow-up? Uh, yes, but that was it just now, uh, baggy woman? No, no, but I mean, I, I, I didn't mean out of a cannon, though, so this is still my first question. Was he, was he fired from his job? Fine, fine. It is not untrue that Rod Rosenstein hasn't never been fired from a job. I I, I mean his his current job. No, th- that's a third question now. No, that's a clarification. No, no, uh, no, no, no. He hasn't been fired, or no, that isn't a clarification. Okay, that's four questions now. I have grown impatient with baggy ladies in action, and I call upon large man with the silly hat. Uh, is it true that Rod Rosenstein resigned? Well, if you mean resigned like a professional athlete, but pronounced it strange because of your hillbilly accent no that's not how the justice department works uh next question man who's lost the will to live at me no well now yes technically Uh, is 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 rod rosenstein currently the deputy attorney general of the united states time is a big ball of wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff your question is incomprehensible from the fourth dimension. Next. Okay, okay, but what about in three-dimensional space-time? Forwards or backwards? What? That was your third question. I'm out. Perfect inning, bitches. Perfect inning. <laughs> Suck a dick backwards and forwards. <laughs> they both work within the bounds of physics. Yeah, they, no, they're both, both of those <laughs> options. And we're back. Next up in headlines... Eccentric billionaire CEO of Tesla, 
CEO of SpaceX, and flame-based arms dealer Elon Musk <laughs> is no longer the chairman of the board at Tesla after the Securities and Exchange Commission filed a lawsuit against him for being a giant liar. Apparently, you're not allowed to do that. Musk settled the suit over the weekend, though, and the deal included both giving up the chairman title and paying a $20 million fine, which he'll probably have delivered to the SEC in cash from under his couch cushions yeah, yeah. carried by a self-driving rocket ship. So it's just like a fun <laughs> little thing for him. Yeah, no, it moved your net worth from the nominal GDP of Zimbabwe to the nominal GDP of Botswana. How you like that shit, huh? Still, uh, <sighs> still pretty fucking awesome, huh, though, to have more money than a nation of two and a quarter million people whose poverty is the result of your direct lineage. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the, uh, the biggest part of the giant lying happened last month when Musk made the claim that he secured new funding for the purposes of converting Tesla from a publicly traded company into a private company. The announcement, which came in the form of a tweet, had the immediate effect of a large upward spike in the Tesla stock price. And uh, it also made a recent market prediction by Eli Bosnick super duper extra wrong, even You're though right. it was already <laughs> wrong before that, but then it became extra, extra wrong around August 7th. But according to the SEC, the tweet was both knowingly false and also not in the best long-term interest of his investors and was therefore a violation. Yeah, Elon, you're being trusted with rich people's money, right? This isn't something as inconsequential as running our country. There are consequences when you lie on Twitter. Yeah, so uh, the tweet happened again on August 7th while Musk was driving himself to the airport in his very own Tesla Model S. And I'm assuming it has a guy chained to the front of it, shredding on a heavy metal guitar that's also a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Pretty sure Elon Musk thinks he's in the Mad Max universe. Anyway, the tweet said, quote, am considering taking Tesla private at $420, funding secured, end quote. But according to his board members, his chief investors, and the already ongoing at the time investigation by the yeah. SEC... The funding was absolutely not secured. Musk no. pointed out in response that his fire self spoke to his water self and they <laughs> hammered out a funding deal. But apparently that doesn't count. Well, no, no. It's that the talks broke down when his water self accused his fire self of pedophilia. It was a big thing. <laughs> and uh, by the way, just for the record, one other detail here. The 420 number that he came up with was based on the stock's closing price a few days before of $349 plus a 20% premium. And then, he, and then he rounded up to 420 literally because his girlfriend told him pot smokers would think that was funny. Jesus. So he did that. The CEO of a major company did that to be funny to pot smokers. <laughs> In response, many stock owners are saying, no, don't. Remove the guy as chairman of the board who smoked a blunt with Joe Rogan on a podcast. <laughs> we, we want him in charge of our financial future. Bring him back. No. Right. Oh, I couldn't reach him. Yeah. I tried to reach out, but my arm got so, really small. <laughs> so, okay. So hopefully this settles it once and for all. Eli was right about Elon Musk having totally lost his fucking mind. He was wrong about that changing people's minds about giving them his money. <laughs> right. And in other news, everyone seems to agree that Chief executives of companies 
uh, or countries, whatever, just in general, they should stop using Twitter. That would be nice. Seems like good policy. All right. And in Walls Fair and Love and War News tonight. In keeping with my theme of celebrating the pillars that still stand upright amidst the wreckage of the federal government, I'd like to point out that in addition to not confirming an alleged sex abuser to the Supreme Court without an impartial investigation and not firing the man directly overseeing the investigation into a foreign attack on our country that's already produced 35 indictments, the federal government also didn't shut down this weekend over a holding my breath in the grocery store level tantrum as we had every reason to expect (laughs) it might. But... Just barely. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. I guarantee you, at some point this week, Tall Tyler and his team of aides had to physically carry Donald Trump into his office and make him sign stuff. <laughs> right. And Trump definitely went limp at one point and had to be dragged <laughs> for most of that. Like, no, no, going limp. That's remarkably easy to visualize. Okay, so the, this latest threatened shutdown was averted when Trump reluctantly signed a spending bill that would forestall the shutdown until they can pin it on the Democrats. And Trump relented and signed this thing despite having called the measure ridiculous for failing to fund that border wall Mexico was going to pay for. He underplayed the extent to which he caved on the wall again by claiming erroneously that he, quote, secured additional funding for border security, end quote, and then pulled the number $1.6 billion out of his ass, which, even if it was true, it isn't, would still be about 6.5% of what he was asking for and less than 2.5% of what it would cost. Maybe you should tweet about uh, that funding he secured and how he's going <laughs> to take the USA private. At I guarantee you fucking dollars. Yeah, right, right. Tall Tyler has to tell him at some point he's not allowed to do that, too. And and I should note that like nobody in Congress wanted this shutdown, but Trump had repeatedly threatened to pull the trigger if he didn't get his border wall money. So it was looming nonetheless. But luckily, the Republicans in Congress know which side of the leash they're on. So they did whatever the fuck they wanted. And then they let him pout about it this time. <laughs> and finally tonight in birth of a United Nation news, the 73rd session of the United Nations General Assembly is currently underway in New York City, the capital of the world and home to a diverse melting pot of international culture. Sadly, it's also the home of New York's kid with Tourette's and IBS, whose mom called New York's mom and got her to force New York to play with him. And now that Eli lives in New Jersey, it's clear that I'm talking about (laughs) Donald Trump. (laughs) And in terms of his involvement, we have good news and we have bad news. The bad news, he gave a speech to a room full of the world's top leaders and diplomats. The good news... We got to watch him give a speech to a room full of the world's top leaders and diplomats. I, I, but like that would only count as good news if only we got to see it, right? Like all of the diplomats and world leaders got flashy thing on the way out and just us and our audience shared an unlisted YouTube video of it. That would be the way that would be good news. I'm, but- I'm trying to weigh the schadenfreude of how he got embarrassed with us as a country being embarrassed. It's hard to say. It's hard mm. to say. I think it's good news. So as we already knew, Donald Trump is weirdly hostile toward the United Nations. Uh, If I had to guess, he's just generally hostile toward any group of people that can like point to stuff on a globe or (laughs) name a piece of literature without a cheat sheet. And that's why he was clearly having a messy fight with Tall Tyler and his staff leading up to the event during which they finally forced him to put on a suit like a big boy and get in the car again after he definitely went limp and some dragging had to happen. Yeah, right. No. But, you know, he was clearly in a snit about it. 
and the whole dragging thing while he was limp, that took a while. So Trump ended up arriving 30 minutes late for his speech at the U.N. General Assembly. Yeah, I, I mean, and look, he's the only person in the world who would, like, anyone would expect to have an excuse to have shown up 30 minutes late for a Donald Trump speech. So he's, like, the only person that can fuck this up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, here's a quick recap of Trump's 35-minute screed for the U.N. First of all, I'm pretty sure the title of his speech was Uniting Stuff is Stupid, Am I Being Detained? And... <laughs> He basically spent the entire time explaining how the world operates exactly like the highly simplified hypothetical universe from Economics 101. Despite going to an Ivy League business school, that's where his economics knowledge ends. Long before the part that explains how cooperation can be way more efficient sometimes. He seems to think all of international relations is a collection of two-nation competitions yeah. And also, the only goods in the world are guns and butter. So <laughs> every time the UN gets together, you know, they come up with some cooperation thing and he just panics and runs away with an armful of guns and butter, just like all scared that it's taken. And this year was no different. He's terrified because he can't fight a single widget factory in this entire country. It's like, okay, so, but like someone in the White House has had to explain to him why him and Betsy can't just keep buying a million dollars for a million dollars from each other until the GDP looks good, right? <laughs> I, like, I would literally put money on it if, if somebody was foolish enough to bet against me on this assertion. <laughs> if you just keep betting, doubling your, your bet on roulette, you can't lose. It's impossible. Yeah, would, you, no, you, right. Exactly. How would you not have exactly. Yeah, so uh, despite yet another giant embarrassment for the United States on the largest of international stages there was one major highlight and it was delightful to watch it was delicious trump decided to start his speech with the following grand proclamation quote in less than two years my administration has accomplished more than almost any administration in the history of our country end quote and, and that's when trump paused for an applause break that he was very confident was just about <laughs> yes. to happen. Yes. But instead, the entire room almost burst into flame with awkwardness. <laughs> and then just about everyone in the building started laughing at him. Like, right in his face. Like, Jabba the Hutt might as well have pressed a button that made the floor open up and Trump <laughs> drop into a pit with a rancor. It was the greatest. Well... It had been the greatest until I pictured him being eaten alive by a rancor. So now it's the second greatest at most, but still pretty great. <laughs> just for the record, ever since that happened, Trump's been scrambling to pretend this was a joke that he made on purpose. Yeah. How? Despite the fact that that's nonsense, because A, it would mean that he's aware that his administration is obviously not at all a success. Right. Yeah, exactly. And B... His immediate response to the laughter was, I didn't expect that reaction. Yes. But that's okay. Right. But that's okay. More awkward burst into flame silence. It was the best. 
But let's let's just go back to the image of the Rancor thing happening. That was more yeah, fun. Yeah, no, let's end on that. We're that like, we can end on a high note a here. Super Zip sad recruiter. episode, uh, but Rancor's eating him now. And maybe ZipRecruiter has Rancors. We he's can check. <laughs> we then check the Rancor section on ZipRecruiter. And now he's going limp, and the Rancor's just dragging him around. Like, I don't care if you're limp, man. I'm a Rancor. I'm going to eat you. And that's going to do it for episode 81. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Grant, Philip, Adam, S.I. Skeptic, Cody, Alex, Angie, the dreaded Rear Admiral, Skyler, the other Mike, Andrew, Michael, Scott, and Daniel, who I'd happily invite to put their dicks, vaginas, and toothbrushes wherever they want. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent, I meant pee hole. That includes pee hole. <laughs> no, yeah, you gotta right, watch yeah. all the shows. Whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, and Citation Needed, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. All right, so I got, I was the victim of a drive Bible today. <laughs> so What, did they just throw it at you? <laughs> But it, it will be sort of, yeah. So, okay, you know, like at this house, we've got the upstairs where my studio is and everything. It's a separate entrance from the main house, right? Just off to the side. So I bring my wife up here to do her recording for this episode. And she gets done. I start editing the audio. She leaves. She comes back two seconds later and she's like, check this out. She hands me this bag that's been hung on our door handle of... Christian propaganda. 95 theses. Well, yeah, no, no, it wasn't quite. They didn't go the whole nine. They were Baptists, so that's kind of the way they should have gone, but they don't know that. But yeah, it's a Gideon-sized Bible, uh, and it's, you know, a bunch of pamphlets about their church and, and some fucking bumper stickers or some other bullshit or whatever. Um, so anyway, so I finish editing it, and it's like three minutes worth of shit, so it doesn't take long. So I go out and uh, smoke a cigarette afterwards. And I see those people, the the Baptists that are running around hanging this shit on people's doors. I see them across the street talking to my neighbor. And I'm like, fuck, they went down one side, came back up the other. They're now going to see that I'm here and I'm going to have to talk to these people. I got work to do. We got to record in an hour, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm trying to decide how atheist to be. You know, how atheist do you want to actually go on the door-to-door missionaries uh, based on how much time you have? So they start walking through, and I'm stealing myself for There's like five of them. It's a whole fucking extended family. It's obviously some dude trying to impress his girlfriend's parents or something. It's it's just, it's a sad, sad group. 
and they walk right the fuck by me. Nice. Well, yeah, right. So at first I'm thinking like they can smell the atheism. I just I exude atheism. They know they don't want to fuck with me. But then it occurred to me how this looks to them. Right, because they don't know about the separate entrance. They don't know my wife and I were upstairs with headphones on and recording equipment in a soundproof room when they knocked on my fucking door two minutes ago. So what they think happened is that we sat there while they knocked, didn't go to the door, waited for them to hang their little thing on the door, and then immediately stepped out to smoke a cigarette so they would know we had been there the whole time. (laughs) And that's not what happened, but I'm glad that oh, that's the impression we left them, right? That's a beautiful, like, accidentally passive-aggressive dodge. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Useful. I'm going to do that yeah. aggressively. Yeah, well, right, right. Now that I didn't think of it, but that'll be my next thing to do. Um, <laughs> I had some good suggestions on Facebook, though. A lot of people were telling me to, like, red pen their work and then turn it back into them. <laughs> <laughs> The red letter, red lined edition by Noah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.